0: The Around the League Podcast has no blind spot. Welcome back to
2: another edition of the Around the League Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room full of heroes, Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal, and Mark Sessler. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Good afternoon. Big show today.
3: There's a special excitement in the air. Crystal was giggling and had a huge smile when I walked in She was just sitting in the room by herself. Buzz in the air. I'm not sure that had to do with today's show. <laughs> I don't know what it had to do.
4: It had to do with today's show, guys. Okay. And Big the, show. Super excited.
3: The more elements Crystal can have to play with, the more excited she is.
2: And there are many elements in play here because today is our first annual mid-season awards. Uh, we don't have a name yet. ATLE sounds a little weird. <laughs> and it's actually, frankly, too close to... Uh, you know the Shekies or the Grammys or the Emmys. We need to come up with a name. We'll do that. Maybe in the next six or seven years, we'll what come up with an actual the name. The Heroes. Ooh, the Hero Awards. But well, you know what? I think
3: that's it. That's <laughs> let's pretty so. good. It's the Heroes.
2: <laughs> All right, let's the Hero Awards, first annual Hero Awards. That will be coming up uh, today. But let's start. Let's start. Let's do some housekeeping, if you will. We always talk about the Thursday night football game, so let's do it. Greg, I'm going to start it off with you. We have a Cincinnati Bengals-Miami Dolphins matchup. Uh, The the Dolphins are free-falling, four losses in a row. The Bengals are coming off four straight wins, and Dalton's playing at a high level, and they just whooped up on my Jets. But, Greg, the Dolphins can win this game, right?
3: When the country zigs, I like to zag. The Dolphins aren't that bad of a team. They're in every game. The only game that Cincinnati looked... Really, really impressive was last week, so everyone's going to remember that. I don't think as a group we're all ready to buy into the Andy Dalton has totally turned a a corner here, so I'm going with the Dolphins at home in Miami.
5: Well, you know, I zagged also because I (laughs) agree with something that Wes said last week, which is we've seen Dalton go through these kind of mountaintop couple of weeks, but then he'll always come back down. I welcome him I welcome him to not do that and to stay where he's at right now, but I, I I think that these Thursday night games, I like the home team because it's a weird short week that we've seen some very strange games play out week after week.
6: I'm going dolphins. Wes I studied Andy Dalton this morning his uh, 2011 2012 seasons he uh he goes through three or four game stretches where he plays lights out and then he just fades. And uh, this would be the fourth game in that stretch.
3: So he's either going to keep it at four or stay. I I did a lot of research at Dalton this week, too. I will give him that. You guys need to find another hobby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> three This this three-game stretch he did have is probably the best he's been. Yes. It's better than those other ones. Yes.
6: That being said, I am not zagging. I don't think the Dolphins are as good as you guys think they are. They haven't played well at all lately. They can't protect Tannehill. They keep losing weapons. Brandon Gibson was playing well this year. Mm-hmm. They lose him. I don't think they have enough on offense. I think they'll play better with Cameron Wake finally getting back. He is their be- He's the best player on that roster. That helps.
2: But the Bengals are just a much stronger team than the Dolphins right now. I wanted to take the Bengals as well but I I kind of I talked myself into the Dolphins under the premise that are they a great team? No, are they a good team? Not sure of that. Are they a terrible <laughs> team? No. Are they on a four game losing streak at home on a Thursday night? They got to win this game or they're bad. I'm not sure they're bad so I went with the Dolphins. I don't feel great about wow. it. But that was my pick.
3: Patra by the way, Kevin Patra our Chicago correspondent. Took the Bengals. I think eighty-six percent of the country is taking the Bengals, so we're go- we're z- we're against the norm. A lot here. of zagging. Can you can you say the Cincinnati football team, Dan? Again, I think you the Bengals. The Bengals.
2: You did it right. The Bengals. The Bengals. That's bangles. how you pronounce it. The Bengals. The Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals. Watch yeah. out for my
3: watch out for my boy Daniel Thomas. Still running well. They're running the ball really well the last you couple are weeks. i back t- in a weak horse. I'm telling you, he's been <laughs> playing well. Your boy
2: Daniel Thomas. Mark, do you want to talk about Daniel Thomas or do the ATL hero midseason awards?
5: Uh, all right. Well, on a limb, let's go awards.
2: All right, K. Rich.
4: Welcome to the first annual NFL Around the League Hero Midseason Award Show. We're here to bring you the freshest awards from around the league. I'm Crystal Rich, also known as K Rich Behind the Glass. And now, your host, Dan Hansen.
3: Wow. I think we need K Rich to introduce things more often. Right. We need some applause
2: second. there. Throw some applause on there that after was, that intro.
3: That was more like the introduction to the nineteen oh three World's <laughs> Fair than the Hero. <laughs> <laughs> I wish everyone we I wish everyone could see the big smile on K Rich's face though. I don't think she's ever been more happy in this studio.
2: And there's the applause. A little tardy on the applause, but listen, she deserves it. That's K Rich. K. Rich wearing a, a flowing gown dress behind the glass four the ATL Hero Awards.
4: Thank you very much, Dan. You look very stunning in your three-piece suit.
2: We're all <laughs> wearing tuxedos. And since, <laughs> since there's no video component to this podcast, no one knows if we're lying. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Wow. Thank, hey. you. wow. Thank you. K. Okay, Rich, you know, the season's only uh, eight weeks long. Uh, feels like it's taken five years off all our lives, hasn't it, folks? <laughs> <laughs> What it's do you think? What do you think about that joke? <laughs> every, every award show has some jokes off the top. Those were the jokes. But let's get right into it. Our first category of the day. This is best game of the year. And, uh, you know, of the half year anyway. And we have five really good contenders. So let's get right into it. Uh, the first game, the Denver Broncos and Cowboys in Arlington. A shootout victory and a Tony Romo tragedy. That one seems fair, right?
5: Oh, yeah. I think so. There's
3: all the yeah. elements. We said it at the time, that night, that's the game of the year. So it has to be a strong contender.
2: All right, next nominee, Cowboys-Lions. That was just this past Sunday and had the uh, Matthew Stafford screaming heroics. That was pretty wild.
6: One of the most impressive drives I've ever seen.
2: Yes. Uh, our third nominee, the Packers-49ers week one. That was the, of course, the game in San Francisco. A uh, you know a big way to start the season between two NFC superpowers. Next nominee, Saints and Patriots. Greg pumping his fist. Greg, that was a pretty back, special one.
3: Back and forth. That was a great game from quarter one through the ending. I mean, it was one of those. It wasn't just a great ending like that. That Lions. was a rather boring first three quarters. Oh, stop! It was back and forth. Two good teams. Give me a break.
2: And our final nominee, the Seahawks and Colts, a uh, battle of two young ascendant quarterbacks going back and forth with the Colts and Andrew Luck coming out on top.
5: Wouldn't be shocked if this was a Super Bowl preview.
3: Mm, that wow. was my favorite. Ooh,
2: Cecil's the field. <laughs> All right, so let's do it. The, those are the nominees, and here is the winner of the best game of the half year. Broncos Cowboys shoot out at 18 2.
5: That's hard to kill this. Come on. I mean, th- this was, I think, the game of the year first half.
6: It had a lot of elements. Uh you brought the historic uh pace for the Broncos offense. You have the Shakespearean element with uh Tony Romo as a tragic
2: <laughs> figure. He's, <laughs> got to ha- put it.
6: He's got the Hamlet <laughs> thing going on. He's got the uh You can you can kind of commiserate with with the Romo well, f-
2: yeah, and I think that this will be the game that people remember um, out of this year. This could be the most memorable one, if only because of Romo was on pace for arguably the greatest game ever by a quarterback in the regular season, only to literally throw it away on his final throw of the day.
5: Nice job, committee.
3: I think you could give the Saints-Pats the best play of the year, maybe, or guess best game-winning play. I think Stafford was the best moment of the year, just that drive. But for the game from top to bottom, it's hard to argue. I like that Seahawks Colts. You had a you had a feeling. Everything happened in that game. It was one of those games. There's a safety. There's a you know, field goal blocked. It's two young quarterbacks. I, I can't kill.
2: Great these. start by the committee. We're all we're <laughs> all in agreement. Moving on to our next award. This is the worst game of the year. This is why K. Rich deserves everything she gets. Just great sound work there. Uh, four games. Four nominees. We'll start with the Jets-Patriots one. That was week two in New England. Wes, you're nodding your head. That was a bad one.
6: That was a bad game. There was a little bit of rain there. Geno Smith played awful. Yeah, that was not a good game.
2: All right, game two. Uh, this is poor. the poor people of London deserve better. Uh, 49ers-Jaguars, an absolute destruction.
5: I covered this Sunday, and it's uh, that's three and a half hours of my life that I will not get back. And the last two, I... Barely paid attention. This to is honest. really
3: standing for every Jaguars game. You have to have <laughs> one Jaguars game in there.
2: Um, the audience, by the way, has taken a bathroom break. That's why you don't hear them anymore. <laughs> oh, there they are. They're back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, our next game: Vikings Giants. I guess this was two weeks ago on Monday Night Football. Uh, this was, you know, pretty grim as well. The crowd agrees. <laughs> and then finally, uh, Seahawks Forty Nine ers won. You know, that was, I guess, week two, was that, Mark? That's right. And that was the hyped-up matchup Mm. that uh, did not materialize, I think, a 28-3 win for the Seahawks at home. All right. Now, the hero award goes to... Get this thing open. Vikings-Giants, Monday Night Football. (laughs) Uh, When Peyton
5: Hillis has 34 yards (laughs) rushing or something, he's your best offensive player for New York... That's, you're setting the bar real low. It looked like a preseason game.
6: I compared watching that game to an 8-year-old child sitting through Easter vigil mass wanting to play with a video game. <laughs>
3: <laughs> if this was a, an, a real award show, I think they would put together a compilation clip of Josh Freeman's 18 overthrows <laughs> oh. for all of us to watch right now as the crowd groaned.
2: Yeah, that was, that was a weird game because it f- literally felt like you were watching a preseason game. Uh, and it was in, the, in October, a game that both teams needed, but that's the way it was. So congratulations, I guess, to the, to the Vikings and Giants. The Vikings won something this year. That's good. All right, moving on. This is, this is an award that, uh, you know, you don't want to win this award, let's be honest. Nah. Um, this is the August All-Star, and this award goes to the player who had the biggest performance during the preseason, and then it did not translate to the games that counted. And uh, let's get right into it, folks.
4: We still urge the fans to clap.
2: Yeah. Clap. Make these guys feel better about themselves. First up, Patriots tight end now with the Jets, but with the Patriots, Zach Sudfeld. Zach was called Baby Gronk. He Uh, was going to, if you remember, the fantasy
6: football players were telling us he was going to do everything Aaron Hernandez did.
3: Well, you... you." (laughs) I I know the last. You you were kind of riding the Sudfeld train a little bit. I told fantasy leaguers to go after
6: Julius Thomas because Sudfeld isn't close to Aaron Hernandez. He might get you through a couple of games, but as soon as Gronk Gronk came back, he wouldn't do anything. Wes was a Julius
5: Thomas supporter going way back.
2: All right. Up up next, Brandon Whedon, Browns quarterback. (laughs) Brandon Whedon, I predicted a Pro Bowl level season. Um, he got off to a great start in the first two preseason games, and then the wheels kind of fell off. Mark, you know what happened from there.
5: Well, there's all this flowery talk, which I think I wrote some of, about, you know, oh, now that he's in a Norv Turner slash Rob Chazinski vertical offense, his tools are being used. You know, he is who he is. And by the end of the preseason, I think some of the, some of the shine was off, actually. There was concern. Uh, to,
3: to his credit, he's the only award nominee that was available to come on the show here with us today. Brand- that's true. Brandon a
5: lot of plenty of time.
3: <laughs> we we'd said no. Nah, we right. said no
2: thanks, Brandon. All right, third, uh, Blaine Gabbert, Jacksonville Jaguars quarterback, who now, Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, not, there wasn't a ton of hype around it, but some people were buying in on that offense. The, well, August. we were talking
5: about this before. This it was more Jaguars offense because they had this up-tempo. It's like we're gonna. we've got – O.W. offensive weapon, Denard Robinson. We've got all these young parts. Listen, we might see something new, and it crumbled so quickly.
6: I'm guilty of that. I said that their offensive skill, position, talent was better than everybody thought.
3: There was a lot of... Look, Blaine Gabbert's not going to be Joe Montana, but if you're going to find an offense for him, this is the right offense for Blaine Gabbert.
2: All right, and our final nominee, David Wilson, (laughs) running back, New York Giants, who got it. You know, he was... He was The hype might have been more based off what he did at the end of the last season, but then he had a big run against the Jets in a preseason game, uh, week three of the preseason, and everyone was on board, Mark and I included, Allison Bree, our team fantasy team draft him. He went probably in the top two rounds in most drafts around the Let's country. Let's
6: be honest here. He's the only one of these four guys who is very talented. That's fair. Who also has produced essentially
5: nothing this season. But what we saw last year—it's not that it's what you know—he only produced in August and, and no other time. He did well last year, but this year, a total, a total mess.
6: That's on uh, his coach playing uh, ridiculous mind games with him.
2: And the hero award goes to Zach Sudfeld. Congratulations, Zach. <laughs> Greg, maybe you should just uh, put the cap on this being a Patriots fan.
3: Well, yeah, look—he's on the Jets now. He's well, your guy. True. I mean, with Jeff Cumberland out this week, Zach Sudfeld's playing a big role.
2: Yeah, yeah. With Cumbie out, Sudfeld becomes Geno Smith's top weapon, or one of the top ones. And there, <laughs> there is a darkness.
3: Sudfeld is. Emblematic. He really represents the entire Patriots offense that everyone was excited about in the preseason. We thought, ah, this might not be such a big deal. That that was one of our takeaways from the preseason, that all this change in New England, maybe it's not going to be that big a deal, and it it's turned out to be a big I deal. I
6: like that the August All-Star caught his first career pass
2: one week before Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> It's true.
3: Great hair, though, Zach Sudfeld. I mean, great. He makes the Jets a
2: better-looking team, but I don't know if he makes them a better team. In fact, I know he doesn't. All right, we got to move on. Next category, saddest fan in the NFL media newsroom. You know, (laughs) Mark, this has been a category you've dominated for many years. (laughs) uh, Since 2010, let's see if you can break that string. Mark, you've been, become like the Brian Cranston of this mm-hmm. award. You're, you're always the competitor that everyone aims to beat. Uh, we'll see if that continues. Uh, your streak of dominance continues. Handsome Hank is our first nominee. Um, Henry, the uh, program director, he is a Dolphins fan. Things started out great, have not been so great the last month. Next up, and uh, this one's a little tough for the person behind the glass, K. Rich, Of the Philadelphia Eagles fan base. No no
4: applause, please. You know,
2: listen, (laughs) they're just trying to show you respect. It's been tough, Crystal, right? It's
5: been very tough.
2: Um, Of course, Mark Sessler. Cleveland Browns.
3: Oh, the crowd is standing right now. Yep,
2: yep. Mark (laughs) Sessler. And finally, uh, Chris Wessling, who is a Mm -hmm. fan vagrant, does not have a team. And some people think that makes you sad in the newsroom. Wes, what do you think about that?
6: Well... I didn't think I would be in this category but then the more I thought about it with the uh bringing in the dossier laying laying my soul bare in front of the podcast community uh, there is genuine pathos there
3: well, yeah, what is fair. sadder than someone who's just given up you know on love and when you were a fan you were a Bengals fan
6: what is the opposite of love it's not hate it's apathy and i <laughs> and i am apathetic
2: towards the Bengals so let's see what the voters think because you know a lot of people call Wes a dark horse in this category and here is your winner for the saddest fan in the newsroom. First half of 2013, Mark Sessler wins again. Mark. All right, I have one question.
5: Does no. sad mean, like, I am, uh, you know, sorrowful, or does it mean that I'm just pathetic?
2: You are a factory of sadness! <laughs> I mean... Yeah, oh boy. Right, Mark, you're again. on the stage. Give your speech.
5: I, I guess I'm confused, because I think I show almost no passion on Sundays, because this team has beaten out of me any concern for the result. Well, that, of sounds each game. That, that sounds pretty sad. That sounds apathetic.
2: That's why, that's why this is a dynasty category. For I just know. want to clarify to the listener that cheaper, I'm not that in
5: the newsroom on Sunday, like pounding my fists and throwing things across the room. It's the opposite. There's almost, I think, no reaction. And when I was a child, everything was about Sundays. Yet They'd you're still a fan.
6: Me. I am. That's sad. That's the definition of sad. Coming from the fan vagrant. Yes. I've, I've gone beyond that.
2: You know, <laughs> I, <would> have, <laughs> I welcome you to vagrancy. You probably should have thanked your wife and children during your yeah, acceptance speech. You're going to catch some heat for that. <laughs>
5: that that's that's accurate.
2: <laughs> um, all right, our next category. You know, this one was such the committee met best post game interview. You know, we wanted to uh, make different category different nominees, but there was really only There's one. There's no this point year. here. Uh, Steve Smith two weeks ago. Uh, you know emasculating Janoris Jenkins yeah he went ham on him and K. Rich can you uh, play the clip?
6: Hey, that's all I want to say I'm not i don't play them games
2: so uh, you know when you try to take it
6: personal like that you know uh, I don't have really much I don't have any uh, great humble things to say so he can take his ass back to uh, back to St. Louis and watch the film because um, that's I don't play them games and if I see him in the street I'm going to bust him in his mouth
2: Well, congratulations to Steve Smith. That was, that was pretty good.
6: I especially enjoyed the part. We didn't hear this part, but when he compared, uh, <laughs> this is no way to raise a dog, <laughs> but apparently Steve Smith believes that if your dog... Mitterated. If your dog mitterates <laughs> on the rug, you rub his nose in it, and that's what
2: he was doing with his Dion, you're no Dion touchdown dance. right? He said, you're no Dion. He also um, hinted, not even hinted, he said outright that Janaris basically had found out how to Google... And what he did was Google Steve Smith's family names, including his wife, and that, that got under Steve's skin. So congratulations to Steve Smith.
3: Yeah. What would the what would the worst post game interview be? I
2: don't
5: know.
3: Anything involving uh, Mike McCoy. I feel like, I don't know why that just annoys me. Oh, thank you. Wow. <laughs> Greg
6: gets a laugh on that. <laughs> you can give the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award to Peyton Manning on this one for saying nothing controversial in his hi- entire
2: 15-year career. Yes. I like that. That's a good call. All right, moving forward. This is the uh, NQ MVP, which is the not-quite-most-valuable player. Listen, you just brought him up. Peyton Manning's going to win this award, uh, barring some type of late-season meltdown or injury. So we decided, uh, the hero committee got together and decided to nominate who's not quite the most valuable player. And here are the nominees. Jamal Charles, Mm. Chiefs running back who is the heart and soul of what they've been able to do during their 8-0 start. Uh, Phillip Rivers. San Diego Chargers uh, quarterback. Andrew Luck. Colts quarterback, Drew Brees. And the final nominee, Aaron Rodgers. What do you guys think for this one? Any upsets? Who? What's your pick? I would have argued hard for Aaron Rodgers on this one over Drew Brees.
3: Why is that?
6: Because Jimmy Graham has been every bit as valuable as Drew Brees, and Aaron Rodgers has carried this team with so many injuries. That's fair. I'd go Brees in the sense
5: that from what they were last season to uh, what happened this year, I think Breeze has helped keep them afloat. They're six and one. They look to me like one of the best teams in the NFC. I, it's it's a kind of a coin toss between those right. two. I,
6: I think Aaron Rodgers has actually played quarterback better than Peyton Manning
3: this year. Wow!
6: Wow! Well, let's find
2: out what every the award is. Every week of is. the season. Let's find out Not the award, every week. and we will uh, maybe maybe the voters agreed, and the award goes to Drew Breeze.
3: go Philip Rivers just for the sheer improbability of it all I mean they lose Denario Alexander they lose Malcolm Floyd they got Vincent Jackson he turns Eddie Royal into a, a useful player well, whether it's Rodgers or Breeze, give Rivers some love. <laughs> By your
6: logic, I expect that Andy Dalton is second on your list behind <laughs> Philip Rivers. No, I mean, I think
3: Rivers has been more consistent than Rodgers. Just a little bit. He was better in September, and, and Rodgers has been fantastic the last Aaron month.
6: Aaron Rodgers is making throws that Philip Rivers couldn't make in his dreams.
3: Hey, he doesn't need to. Right, well, folks. he's got three losses, so he must have <laughs> needed to do something. I love
2: it. I love this dissension. Let's move on to the next category. This is... Listen, a lot of people are going to say this is something uh, uh, subjective. You can't can't make this a category, but we can. The favorite team to watch this season, and here are the nominees. Carolina Panthers. Detroit Lions. Mm. Seattle Seahawks. Indianapolis Colts. San Francisco 49ers. You know, this audience is so respectful of each nominee. You know, well, you just got hand to handle to them.
5: clap in the exact <laughs> same way every time.
2: <laughs> we really love we love our fans. There are literally 9,000 people watching this. All right, and the winner of the favorite team to watch so far in the 2013 season is the Detroit Lions. Ooh, that's a little bit of an
3: upset. Wow. We voted for this. I don't agree the with that. The committee they sat down. The committee this is troubling because I just heard Chris Wesseling. I, I believe the Panthers would be your pick.
6: They are. They've been my favorite team to watch. You know, we've got
3: Riverboat Ron.
6: <laughs> Riverboat Ron.
3: <laughs> I would I would say they're the most fascinating team as well. I had that in a column this week. I mean, you never know what you're going to get. Cam Newton, Riverboat Ron, Steve Smith.
6: Even te- the renaissance of Ted Ginn.
3: And then how? And how did yeah, they not win this that? award?
5: I, I went Niners. I I think anything we're seeing them heat up, and I love watching Greg Roman run offense. I think he's most creative Wait, guy in the league. You're watching the
6: sideline during the game to see what Greg Roman's doing? I think you know what I'm saying.
2: <laughs> I think I don't know who who's who thinks Lions. Well, the committee got together. I think they <laughs> maybe watched the most recent Lions game and got a little overexcited. Patrick might wield a lot of influence on this one. I think he yeah. I think he's in the uh, luminary. Patrick. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> the Lions do pull off with Stafford probably the most.
2: <laughs> crowd is great. <laughs> I
3: mean, you can't get laughs from the room. We got to get laughs from the crowd. <laughs> um, what were you saying, Greg? The, the Lions pull off the most crazy throws on a week-to-week basis.
1: I can Matthew never Stafford. put a, a, a dome team
5: into favorite team to watch. But I'm I with Mark on that one. A dome team.
2: Interesting. Well, every, every year – Come award season, there are upsets, and there's one. Our next category. We're getting closer to the end. The big reveal, the last category that everyone gets excited about. We're almost there. But first, uh, a couple more awards. Team most likely to crumble. Mm. Yes, this is, a, this is the award given to the team that is off to a nice to decent start in the first half of the season, but will tumble down the standings in the second half. And our nominees are the New York Jets. Oh, come on, guys. (laughs) The Cincinnati Bengals. The Kansas City Chiefs. Very polite applause there. New Orleans Saints. And the San Diego Chargers. And the award for team most likely to crumble goes to Ah, the New York Jets. <laughs> and, you know, I, I, don't want this, I don't want this to be right. <laughs> the Jets are 4-4, four and four, but if you look at their schedule, they could easily be 1-7 and seven right now. I get it. A couple things go wrong in the second half. It all can go up in smoke.
6: Well, I think we're sleeping on the Chargers here. They have two games apiece against the Broncos and Chiefs and another game against the Bengals. They've got a tough schedule. I That's could,
5: I, I, could I agree with it.
6: that i I
5: went Bengals not in the sense that um they're gonna utterly implode but they're six and two and I could see them finishing the season nine and seven making the playoffs and losing a playoff game again which to me in terms of what we talked about with Dalton and the
3: organization—that's another failure.
6: I hope the Texans rally in the second half just to beat the Bengals in the opening round of the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Just
3: to stick NBC and Mike Mayock <laughs> with that early Saturday afternoon <laughs> game that no—it it clearly was the last pick in the playoff game. You know, for those of draft. us
6: in playoff fantasy leagues, that's a free win if you pick the uh,
3: <laughs> Texans over the Bengals. Well, forget all these other teams. We're not talking about the Chiefs here. We've talked about the Chiefs as the luckiest team in the league for a while, or at least I, th- I, think they are. They keep playing backup quarterbacks. Who's the best team that the Chiefs have beaten this year? Let's go around the room. Give me, give me the team that really impressed you when the Chiefs beat them. The Cowboys. That's that's the right answer. Correct. But the fact that it's the Cowboys are the best team. Yeah, but Greg, they could go f- four. They could go five
5: and three and finish thirteen and three.
3: Right, but if they yeah. if they go 4-4, four and 3-5 four, and five down the stretch, I consider that crumbly. They're at Buffalo this week. That could be a surprise pick if, if Thad Lewis is healthy. It's sad that that makes a <laughs> difference. Uh, you know, but you are. I can see a- the Bills winning that game. They're at Denver. They got the Chargers a couple times. They got to go to the Black Hole. Not as easy as it used to be. They have the Colts. I could see them going 3-5 and five down the stretch, and that's a collapse even if you make the The playoffs.
5: Huddle serving bath salts for lunch today. <laughs>
2: I don't know. The, you, you cite the Cowboys as being an example. Uh, you know, they're a great team every other week. So it's like, you know, they're kind of a hard team to use as an example in your favor.
3: That's the best. Hold if, on, Greg, the best the way, win you have all season is the Cowboys in Arrowhead, by one point, that's not that impressive hold, a season. Hold on, though.
5: In a league filled with teams that cannot do anything two weeks in a row, yeah, they've had some luck. They're 8-0. <laughs> it's,
3: it, that's the NFL. They're 8-0. I mean, credit to well, the the category is not team that is eight and zero to start the season. They've done fine. I'm saying team most likely to crumble. I think okay, you've had a, a great start. Now it's time for the real. Teams well, to the play.
5: the committee went Jets. So sorry. <laughs> Are you running for mayor of Kansas City or something? I I, I said all along they're going to go thirteen and three and lose in the playoffs.
2: We, right.
3: I don't want any pants involved, but I I feel like we should have some sort of something on the line for the Chiefs. Winning more than twelve games, I think they're going four and four or, or less the rest of the way.
2: I agree with you. Uh, I mean, I think they'll win thirteen, but I don't know if I'm going to bet pants or no, any type of article. The loser dramatic. has the loser has to buy ribs for the other three of us. I don't. By the way, I don't call. That's pretty good. I don't. It's I don't like call that. four and four a collapse either, though. If it's you're like, eight and
3: zero, that's a collapse.
2: Eh, one and seven's a collapse. Two All and right. six is a collapse. All right, maybe
3: three and five. How about that?
2: All right, then I could get behind your pick. I just want ribs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on. The penultimate award. Whenever you could drop that word in there, you can do it. Everybody gets excited. This what? Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> I'm educated. Uh, this is the best show-related sound effect. This is, um, listen, this is the one a lot of people, it's almost like the People's Choice Award. It's, everybody gets very excited about that. Society is invested in this. So let's go down the list of the nominees. The first one is whenever there's a Sessler in the air. Dedicated to when someone has a feeling about a certain uh, outcome in football, so that's interesting. <laughs> uh, next, I guess that's what it is, right? Not, it's, not soccer. Yeah, not yeah, not soccer. The next up is Matt Money Smith, who uh, who has delivered our intros week after week for a couple of months. Knows how to spell Humanawa Nui. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's done great work for us all year. Thank you very much, Matt. Our next is uh, Handsome Hank, who delivered our "Defend Your Hero" theme.
0: Defend your hero.
2: (laughs) Great work there. And finally, K. Rich's news theme song. Uh Uh Uh-oh. You gotta love it, though. K.
4: Rich
6: (laughs) of the Headlines.
2: Wow.
4: May I please just interrupt and quickly say that the K. Rich headlines theme song (laughs) has the most popular hashtag on Twitter
1: sex Thank you
4: very much. Wow. That's, that's, and I, that's a fact. And I
2: can't because I wasn't in the room but I think the, the committee took that into effect. They took that into consideration when they made their decision but let's see maybe that, that, that put you over the hump and the award for best show related sound effect goes to Matt Money Smith. Listen oh, Matt. Man. K. Rich, a lot of people are going to say you're, you've been robbed here.
4: Yeah, I think so. Thoughts? I think, I think it was a close one. But, um.
3: I feel, especially after you threw out that hashtag stuff, uh, that's kind of like the, the movie that spends all the money in for the advertisements in the trade papers. <laughs> like, please vote for us, and then they still don't get the nod.
2: Very rarely do I see Wes really <laughs> agitated, but he is over there. Wes, what's up? I am persona non grata to the committee
6: here. No Win is toaster, no Will Wes eat his softball pants. Wow, snub. Wait, that's interesting. I feel like the Susan Lucci of uh, Sound Effects Awards Will Chris <laughs> Westling eat
4: his softball
6: pants. Wow. Talk
5: about a snub. And that's fair because... That is fair. W- most of these awards have five entrants, and they went with just four. Is as, this, as if well,
6: there's no, there's, we're not going to go Is this Regency five. bias? You, it's like the committee went out of their way to spite
3: me, S- which Susan I can Lucci, admire, actually. I like a good spite. Susan Lucci at least gets nominated.
5: Oh, wow. I Matt mean, Money Smith has a voice that, it's like Tom Brokaw sounds like Nicole Richie. I know. Let's hear, that. actually,
2: let's hear. <laughs> hey, K. Rich, can we hear a couple more of, uh, some more of Matt that Money Smith's work? Coming right up. <laughs> Won't pick you up from the airport. Love that one. Voted against Josh Freeman as captain.
3: Ooh. Appreciate it. That one
5: worked. Out of the school of hard knocks.
4: You know what, guys? I have something for you, a sound effect for you that you might not remember. There's two people in this room who may not remember it. Are what? you ready?
2: Yeah. Whoa, what is this?
4: Hands <laughs> Mr. Fancy Pants. Oh,
2: <laughs> yeah. It's the NFL news and here's the chance. It's ATL around the league. <laughs>
6: Light of flame, boys. Pig skin's hot tonight.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. I love it. Wow. Yes, that was actually. Wow, what a pop from the Good crowd. Good heavens. Cole Galloway on Twitter uh, requested, just for old time's sake, can we please hear the Zeus and Mr. Fancy T- Pants st- song one more time? There it is. Felt
3: like the right spot.
5: The, the f- Flames need their NFL news and here's their chance. <laughs> Inspired lyrics.
3: I'm just excited that I still can't believe how upset Wesley was there. For a second I thought... <laughs> no, it's justified though. I thought for a second he was being... A nice guy and being upset for the sake of Crystal not winning? I was like, oh, yeah, he's being a good guy. But I should have known it was just all about Wesley.
2: It was. Well, you know, <laughs> when we had when we had the issue with the toaster the last game with the incorrect final question, Wes was legitimately pumped up. He wanted to keep the toaster.
6: Who's this weak, Sabi? I didn't have any issues with the toaster. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, you know, it just shows the man is invested in anything toaster-related.
6: Hey, when you put yourself on the line in competition, <laughs> you are invested naturally. <laughs>
5: will Chris Wessling eat his softball pass?
2: All right, we'll, probably. It probably will. <laughs> we'll see, and that will be uh, a very uh, that will be a touchstone moment for the show if it happens. And Greg, that takes us to our final award of the midseason show. Are you ready?
3: I couldn't be more excited. What is the award?
2: Well, the award is the worst show prediction of the first half. Um, uh-uh. Each of us, uh, all four of us, made mistakes in our in, in our prognostications. In August, it happens. Anybody that does this for a living is going to make mistakes. Uh, we all made some pretty grim ones. So let's go down the list, and I'll just let you know that the committee actually in this case... Uh, washed their hands of it it was a little too close so we sent it out to Dave Damaschek, Uh ran by him the four choices for the worst mm. predictions and he made the final decision seems fair sort of seems somewhat fair alright so here are the nominees for worst show prediction of the first <laughs> half the Bucks the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will make the playoffs <laughs> Mark Sessler defend your hero Mark, do you want to touch on that at all?
5: You know, I went back and looked at this article, and I, real quick, I fell for the combination of Doug Martin, who I really thought was an ascendant back, the Darrell Revis secondary, what I thought was a good line and a good couple of wide receivers. And I said at the end, of course there's another scenario where (laughs) Josh Freeman collapses, Mike Glennon is rushed into action, and the offense fractures to pieces by week eight. On defense, Rivas might never be the same guy again, or in this case, used the way he was. I spent the whole article saying that wouldn't happen, so I got this wrong. (laughs) Right, kind of playing both ways. No, and I. I, The (laughs) Shiano Freeman factor couldn't have ended any worse than it has. Right, and
2: the offense really collapsed by week one, right? This deserves to be in this category. Okay, next nominee. There is no possible way the Raiders win six games, also known as the softball pants bet. Chris Wesley. Wes? Well, for all the folks
6: out there who don't know how this started, in our Making the Leap series, Mark Sessler uh, volunteered to take Dennis Allen Making the Leap. At the time, Matt Flynn was the starting quarterback. Mark proposed that they would win six games, and I said... uh, Quite fragrantly, they they will not—not fragrantly.
3: (laughs) The pants could be fragrant. (laughs) If they
6: they win six games, I'll eat my softball pants. And uh, I had no idea that Terrell Pryor would take over as the quarterback and play as well as he has. And I think he's definitely been the uh, uh, instigator for their—
3: They haven't done it yet. These are the Raiders we're talking about. We're just kind of assuming they're going to get there. Well, the other factor is
6: their defense is a top-ten defense, and— I think most people thought they would be bringing up the rear. Where did
3: this come from? This well, team, yes. I don't understand. Yeah. Like and, everyone,
5: and we, we wrote about them with confidence, calling them the least talented roster right. in the AFC on both sides of the ball. I mean, there's some stuff. If you, if if anyone wants to go look at what we were writing about, not them. just
2: us, everyone. No, no, was but let's let's thing.
5: let's keep it in house in the sense that we were all wrong about the Raiders. Wes went out on the line and basically said, "I'm so confident that they'll be horrible." That, yes, I'll eat my softball pants to the win six. I think a lot of us would have said that's a safe bet. Completely safe.
3: Defense bet. is so unpredictable year to year. Rob Ryan and the Saints, it can happen. Great offenses usually just don't come out of nowhere. But sometimes defenses do if you have the right coach. And Dennis Allen has made the leap. He has to get a ton of credit for taking six or seven random free agents and making that into such a good defense. One it's late. the defense. It's not Terrell Pryor. Pryor's part of it, but it's well, he's, well, come on, bigger, he's, been he's a, a big bigger part of it. Part of it. It's, it's, bigger it's part Pryor
6: also in this sense. Most of the talk revolving on the Raiders in August was ab- was about lampooning their offensive line right. They're bringing in guys off the street, and when you have Matt Flynn, that's a major issue because he can't move. but Pryor makes an offensive line look a lot better. and
5: we saw Flynn for one week, and that team was that team would not have won six games no. on any level with Flynn starting for but the that season. game
3: against the Steelers is a perfect example that offense, any other, any other defense that the Raiders or most teams would have had would have given up that lead, and, and they held it despite the offense not moving the ball at all.
2: All right, our next nominee, Ben Roethlisberger, will win the 2013 MVP <laughs> award by Greg Rosenthal. <laughs>
3: That's not, it's not looking too good. Seven games into the season.
2: 2-5 and five record, uh, probably a production of maybe the 20 to 23rd best quarterback. Hey, in I have run. him in the
3: top 15. of uh, His completion percentage is up. His yards per attempt is about the same. It was a terrible, terrible decision. I, I will ride with Ben Roethlisberger as an underrated great quarterback forever. I clearly picked the wrong year to think he would have a career year. And I thought the Steelers would be good, and that's part of picking the MVP. I thought the Steelers would be 11-5, and 12-4. And uh, that was pretty terrible. Uh, he he's couldn't... a
5: two-time Super Bowl winner. I, a, I don't think he's an MVP pick this year, and that was an edgy, strange bet. But <laughs> this, is not, this is not as out from left field as some of these other ones, and I'm, I, I am unwilling to but it's go going along just... with this if it wins.
3: It's going just as wrong. Even if it wasn't as crazy, it's going pretty wrong right now. I think if we were to comb the site, we
5: could find something that Greg's written that's a little bit more of a loss than this, Mm. to be honest.
6: And uh, in Greg's defense, Big Ben has made some of the best throws I've seen this year. Ugh. Yeah, give him, the, give him the trophy. That's why.
5: It's like, oh, this is Greg's bad bet. Like, oh, by the way, caveat, best percentage, throwing great. It's like, no, no, no. We're going to find something that came right. from the Rosenthal Files that's a little more putrid than this. All right. I promise. The All challenge
2: right. is on. Yeah. All right, and the final nominee. I like a little edge in the room with this category.
5: No, no, this is this is a lot riding here.
2: The <laughs> final nominee, Brandon Whedon, will have a Pro Bowl level year. Dan Hanses. Now...
3: Let me just say. um, Let's get into the details of your predictions. Well,
2: let me me just say this. I will say this. Of these four predictions, mine, I like to think, is the only one that's really out on a limb. A guy that had never done anything as a rookie. Well, he had a very up-and-down rookie year. Nobody really thought much of the Browns heading into this year. I said he was going to make the leap, and I based it off, as you're saying, Greg, I based it off two preseason games uh, where he looked really good. In, retrospe- in retrospect, that was a mistake. However, I was not the only one that thought this, and I went back, I went back into our uh, archive, and Crystal.
3: But I like watching Whedon because when when he's Hell making no. mistakes <laughs> in this game, it's all vertical, it's all down the field. He's yeah. getting protected well. They're being aggressive. They're kind of fun to watch. Oh, give me oh. a break. <laughs> this could not have been now, more cherry-picked. I made fun of you that day. I made fun of you that week for what a bad prediction it was at the time. I said it's ridiculous that you're calling them a playoff team after two preseason games that it means nothing in that same episode. My point,
2: my point, my point was I actually did not go looking for a Greg Rosenthal soundbite. I went looking for my soundbite when I got up on – on a mountain, and said he was going to throw 30 touchdown passes. But I found that 32, 32, and then I found 4,000 yards. And I found you guys, and I, I found some Browns talk where there was optimism in this very room, and it wasn't just me. My point being, terrible job by me. I got way too excited based off the preseason. I'll learn from that. But I wasn't alone thinking Whedon could possibly do something.
3: I had them at what? five. Why stop and, laughing at me? I had them at <laughs> six and ten.
2: All right,
6: that clip was pretty damning, though. Well, all I said was sneak it was attack, exci- right?
3: fun to watch. Fun you got to gotta respect
2: that sneak attack, though. That was good. <laughs>
3: that was dirty. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Now,
2: for the final award, for the worst show prediction of the first half of the 2013, the winner is, as chosen by Dave Damoshek, Brandon Whedon will have a Pro mm. Bowl year.
3: I support this.
2: And uh, just as an extension of what I just said, I... I accept this. I take this trophy. It's a badge of honor for me. I, I made a bad prediction, but I went out on a, a limb. And uh, you know you what? Can you do patting you yourself on the back for going out on a limb? No, I'm I'm so, basically saying that I failed miserably, but at least I tried. If
6: I had predicted Blaine Gabbert to do the same thing, it would have been even better.
2: Yes. Yes. <laughs> According <laughs> that's to basically the logic. it. That's oh, basically yeah. it. No, that's a huge. Uh, they embarrassing got this failure. right. Check got this right. Check got it right. And actually, um, if, I could, if you could just bear with me for one second, I'd like to pull up Sheck's email to me. When I gave him the choices, he wrote um, something I can't say on the air. Then he wrote, <laughs> this is the opposite of Sophie's choice. They all deserve to get buried. And then he said, my choice, and a hyperlink to Brandon Whedon's sad face. So, listen, that, it is what it is. I, 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 I failed, but I think we all fail from time to time. I just failed harder in this case.
3: Shut up. It's like, it's like Bill Parcells said, no one can ever tell you that you couldn't do it, Dan, because you did it. You did it. By the way, back to back, Dan goes Tony Romo MVP
5: last season. Yeah. I think you've outdone it. Where, where are you going to go next year? Yeah. I, I don't have well, any idea. Well, I picked idea. Andrew
2: Luck for the MVP this year. Um, oh, that's well, fine, I'm just saying
5: say. s- some predictions that didn't necessarily go so rosy. You got that going on. Yeah, that's a quality that you bring to the I table. Like that. Yeah,
2: That's what I go for. Wild card. <laughs> the wild card. All right, so that brings to a conclusion the first midseason awards for the Around the League podcast. Um, thank you to K. Rich behind the glass. Uh, just elegant today. Lovely. <laughs> elegant and lovely.
4: Thank you, guys. You look very stunning in your suits. Yes,
2: yeah, so and maybe for the end-of-year awards, if we ever do this again, we can get Priyanka to do some type of musical act. <laughs> contribution
4: she tweeted back at you dan i'm sure you can get her Uh,
2: you you could say i could get her in a lot of ways i think Uh, you know i think there's a real (laughs) connection there between me and that indian pop star stop laughing um but uh yeah so thank you uh for listening and we will be back on friday uh, with a more sane podcast that includes a thursday night review of the game and uh look ahead to all of sunday's games and our picks Until then, this is Dan Henza signing off for The Mailman, The Sizzler, The Boss, K-Rich behind the glass, and Lyle the intern, who did not help out at all with the awards, so Lyle continues to be completely useless until Friday.